don't close yourself off and pigeonhole yourself to say, hey, here's all I am. Here's the only guess that I get. And that convergence means that. Challenge your assumption on who your guests are and what they want and where you can find them. If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success and it's another lovely July day. Actually, yeah, just coming to the end of July now and things are beginning to slow down a little bit. We have our uh, August Civic Weekend coming up, which is a, a long weekend. And after that, we're sort of on the rundown to Labor Day and the fall. Seems a little bit sad. I, I think in the 14 years that I've been running this business, I don't think I've had, um, well, I have not had a real summer that uh, that I could call my own. And I think uh, maybe retirement could be on its way in the next couple of years. And and I really am going to look forward to making the most of the summer like every like all our rental guests are, are doing. Um, really, it's been really an interesting week this past week um, because... We've been dealing with all sorts of issues from properties. I've been hearing from guests. I've been hearing from owners. I had the most amazing email from an owner this morning actually telling us what a fabulous job we were doing. And it it sort of struck me that when you're renting out a property and you're getting the reviews, maybe they're on TripAdvisor or HomeAway and you're seeing those five-star reviews coming in, what a fantastic boost that is because it shows you that, you know, you're doing it right and your guests are happy and they're happy to sit and write about it and tell the world what a great job that you've done and how you've contributed to making their vacation such a memorable success. For property managers, on the other hand, it's a little bit it's a little bit different because we don't tend to get that feedback. You know, for, first first of all, we don't actually ask for it. We're not out there asking uh, our owners to to give us that feedback. We we do at the end of the year. We do ask them. You know, how did we do? Do a little bit of a survey. How did we do? What could we do better? But it's pretty rare that we get out of the blue a letter or an email or a phone call from from one of our owner clients just to say, hey guys, you really are doing a great job. And and it was it's just so amazing when this happens because we know we do a darn good job. Most of our properties are 100% booked throughout August and, and they were, certainly were for most, if not all of July, which is what we're aiming for. So we've we've done our job in that way. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not coming across as as complaining in any way, but it uh, it was it it just was so nice to get that that note from that owner just to uh, to let us know we we we're getting it right. As well, this week I've been out to uh, to view a couple of properties, and uh, that that's interesting too because it really struck me about the diversity in in our product that. 
we can have a two bedroom, one bathroom property or a seven bedroom mansion. So, so that they are diverse in that way. But quite honestly, the differences begin to blur because uh, when we when we start talking about the the owners, if the owner of the two bedroom property has the real hospitality gene and delivers absolutely everything to their guest, the guest who is who has purchased a week in that small cabin, and they get there and there is a uh, a welcome basket and there's a personalized note and perhaps a telephone call from the owner, they're going to have the most amazing experience. Yet somebody could go to a large property, one that they're paying thousands of dollars a week for, and not receive that type of hospitality because the owner just doesn't quite understand what their role in it is. So I started thinking about this, this whole issue of, of di- diversity in product, because this is true right the way across the board, right the way across the spectrum of vacation rentals and across the world. When we're out there as individual owners offering our properties, w- there is no consistency that we can, we, we can really talk about. You know, how do we know if we're, if we're meeting the right standard and are we and are those of us who are doing it right being impacted by those who aren't? You know, having said that, I'm not sure that I've, I've quite got across what I'm trying to say, but um, I hope it all comes clear in the interview that, that, that is coming up. So today's guest is Andrew McConnell from Rented.com. And you may remember, if you've been listening to the podcast a lot, that I interviewed Andrew, uh, way back in June 2014. And um, his company at that time was called Vacation uh, Vacation Futures. Uh, Andrew is a powerhouse really in our industry in terms of, of his knowledge of, of, of where it's going and what the trends are and just analyzing the trends that, uh, that, that we're seeing. Uh, Andrew writes a great uh, series of blog posts for the VRMA blog uh, on patterns and trends. And he does it in, you know, a quarterly report. So if you want some insight into the into the state of the vacation rental industry um, from Andrew's perspective, then then head over to the VRMA blog and, and check out his uh, his quarterly reports. There are a couple of articles I read on Skift over the couple of month uh, over the last couple of months that uh, Andrew has actually contributed a comment to and and I wanted in this interview to pick up on some of these things that uh, that were mentioned because they do show a shift in our industry and this shift is going to impact us it's going to make a difference it should be something that we are interested in and following closely because it could have an impact on how we manage our vacation rental businesses in the future so without further ado Let's move on over to the interview with Andrew McConnell of Rented.com. So I'm delighted to have back with me today, Andrew McConnell from Rented.com. Good morning, Andrew. How are you doing? Good morning, Heather. It's, I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Well, it's lovely to have you. We, uh, I think we, we last met in, uh, in New Orleans at um, the VRMA last year. 
and uh, and I was on a panel. I think that you were you were leading. It was uh, it was a pleasure to sort of work with you at that time. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And, I mean, I think it was looking at the stats, the single largest attended session. So I think people wanted to hear what you had to say. Well, I think people wanted to hear about um, owner acquisition and retention because it, you know, speaking as a property manager myself, it's it's pretty much up there as as one of our, our, our main, you know, criteria and our goals. You know, we've got to acquire those owners and uh, and retain them. So so yes, it was it was it was a great honor, in fact, to to be on that panel and thank you for for um, for inviting me onto it. So we last talked in June two thousand and fourteen on the podcast. <laughs> I believe it was episode twenty seven and here we are at episode one hundred and forty. So uh, you've made a lot of changes. So why don't you just kick off and tell us what, where we, where we've been since there? You know, vacation futures became rented dot com. Yeah. So I think probably when we spoke in June of 2014 is vacation futures. Uh, we were really focused on only vacation rentals. I think we may have been in five to ten U.S. markets, and. It was just it was early days for us, and what we found is once more homeowners, once more managers realized what we were doing, we were creating this marketplace where a homeowner could get all the benefits of vacation rentals in terms of the income and all the benefits of professional management without having the risk, without having the hassle, because these managers were coming in and buying all the weeks from them and then taking on all the responsibility of management. So the homeowner use the home when they wanted. It was pristine when they showed up. When they left, they didn't have to clean it because the manager took care of it. And now we're in probably over 500 markets across six continents. We're not yet on Antarctica. But it just we got to this point where vacation futures didn't really encapsulate what we did anymore. We weren't just in a few vacation markets. We were in Boston, Seattle, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Miami, Atlanta. And We'll talk probably a little bit about it on this convergence point within the industry, but we didn't want to limit ourselves saying, oh, we're just vacation, uh, a vacation rental marketplace. We are a marketplace where if you're an owner of a property that you want to get rented out, but you don't want to have to do all the work, we help you get it rented. Relax. It's rented. So we went with rented.com. Yeah, so simple. Had you had that URL a long time? It was early 2015, Q1, Q2. We said, you know, we're looking at our market, we're looking at the people coming in, we said the vacation futures doesn't really represent what we're doing anymore. What, what should we do? And so we said we need to change the name. What should we make it? And that same afternoon, my co-founder, Mickey Cross, texted me and said, did you know rented.com is available? No one's using it. And I said, no, I didn't know that. But I, I don't want to just jump on the first thing that we think of. Let's, let's spend some time. And so we took almost two months and came up with over 650 names. We had the entire company get together and spend hours brainstorming and having dinner together. We had asking spouses and family members and checking out logos. And then in the end, we went right back to the very first thing my co-founder <laughs> said and said, but this is so perfect. Why, why did we do all this other stuff? So uh, we, we got the domain and, and kind of built it from there. Yeah, as I say, re- really simple, very effective, and uh, I'll put a link, of course, to rented.com on the uh, on the show notes. So, uh, great. and it's it's a great site, and and you have such a fantastic blog on there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we really tried to invest in that. Uh, the 
the idea isn't that we're just a marketplace. We really want to be a resource to any any owners or anybody interested in the mm-hmm. industry. About a third of the people who come into us now don't even own the home yet. They're doing their research. And so between our short-term rental income report, our calculators, we now have the ultimate guide for vacation home ownership and investor property ownership that covers from researching if you want to buy a home, how to do it, how to finance it, all the way to you're now trying to get potentially out of it. How do you do it in the most tax-efficient way um, and, and all of that? And then uh, as well as management, do you want to do it yourself, use a professional manager, what all those options look like? So really trying to be a comprehensive resource for people just trying to learn more about the industry. Well, it sure is. I've, I've, I've spent um, many an hour um, go, going through those blog posts and it's it's nice to see such a, uh, a comprehensive resource really for, for, for anybody. And I also like the fact that, that you cover what a lot of people don't do and that's the getting out phase. Yeah, yeah it's, it's important. I mean, it's, it's exciting and a lot of people are trying to come into it now, but it can be a lot of work or there may be other financial realities you have mm-hmm. to deal with. It. It's just time to move on. Yeah, absolutely. So what I wanted to talk to you about today, because I, I know you have a grasp of, of this, in, more of a grasp of this industry than many other people I, I have come across. You know, you, you, you look at patterns and trends, you're seeing a wider picture than, than those who are perhaps, you know, deep and dirty down in the detail of running their own, their own little business. Um, but you're taking a much wider viewpoint, taking the sort of top-down approach. And I've seen a couple of comments that, uh, that, that you've made on articles that have been posted on skift.com. And so, so I wanted to address a couple of these things and just look at the industry from, from a much wider perspective than, than we often do when we're talking about, you know, <laughs> what coffee maker to buy or… Okay. <laughs> Which is, you know, what what we often spend time, you know, with an individual owner, that's often what they're looking at. But, uh, you know, we sometimes need to step back, as I'm sure you appreciate, we need to step back and look at at this overview and and see where we all fit in in the great scheme of things. The, The first article that sort of hit me was one that was called Why the Vacation Rental Industry is Blowing Up Right Now. It talks about the worth of the industry, currently believed to be worth $100 billion, with the US accounting for just over a quarter of that, and the prediction that the global vacation rental market will close in on $170 billion by 2019. My thought from that is, you know, how much of that $170 billion is generated by individual owners? Well, individual owners who who own the properties that are then managed by companies. So, you know, there is that owner out there, the, uh, the foundation of most of that money. Would you agree? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's, it's interesting. It, it may be, when you say most, it probably isn't a majority of the, the money now. I mean, it's, I think, uh, probably five years ago or a little mm-hmm. more. Um, when VRBO were still kind of at its peak, this whole owner-managed movement and Airbnb was growing, about 60% of homes were managed by the individual owners. But even then, 52 53% of the revenue was coming from the professionals. And so already, even though they had a smaller portion of the homes managed, they were 
accounting for more of the income. They just, you know, they can price better, they get more bookings. Um, but now because of, it, it's kind of come back on itself in that if you went back 20, 30 years without VRBO, without Airbnb, if you were an owner that wanted to rent out your home, you didn't have an option but to use a local manager. You may live 500 miles away. You didn't have keyless locks. You, there's no way to get anybody into your home without having that local manager. And so what you found was these companies were charging exorbitant fees. They weren't terribly good at customer service. They weren't really actively trying to get it rented all that much because they were just taking a cut of every dollar anyway. Uh, and so once VRBO and these other sites started popping up, owners left them in droves. I mean, really in droves. Tons of companies were going out of business. They were shrinking. They'd say, look, for every one homeowner I sign up new, I lose two to VRBO. I'm dying here. A lot of these owners started doing it and said, you know, I actually love this. I'm, I'm meeting so many interesting people. I have more control over my guests. I can keep all the money. But more and more of them started saying, actually, this is a lot of work. I get that I was probably overpaying them before, but I have a full-time job. And this effectively just made me a small business owner. And I don't have time to also have a small business. I, I like my family and want to be able to see them. And so where they had maybe two-thirds or a little less of the market under owner-managed five, ten years ago, uh, it's come back and it's closer to 50-50. So the trend's actually now going towards more professional management. But even so, even with those properties that are with managers, they still have owners. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, probably over 90% of mm -hmm. the income is uh, of that $100 billion up to $170 billion. That is going through homes that are owned by individual owners. So, yes, vast, vast majority. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, it just got me thinking about, you know, for, for, for all that money, there are, you know, even if, you know, they're either managing themselves or they're with a property manager, but there is an owner at, at the end of the at the end of the track, I guess. Yes, absolutely. We'll talk about some of these other trends, but I don't see that changing. Um, even with the consolidation, even with companies getting bigger it's still going to be individually owned and we can talk about kind of why that will be. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I think the hotel industry and its evolution and kind of where it is right now is a, a good kind of expectation of what we can expect 25, 30 years down the line. Cause obviously we're, we're behind that side of the industry. Well, in that article, you also, you, you, you identified what you've called two key trends in the market, consolidation and con convergence. And I, and I read through and I, I get the gist of it, but I wonder if you can explain what, what consolidation and convergence means to yeah. homeowners and managers. So, yeah, I'll take each in turn. I mean, consolidation means that the bigger companies are getting even bigger. The, they're large and they're only getting bigger. So, you see it in hotels with Marriott buying Starwood or Accor buying Swiss Hotel and uh, the Raffles and Fairmont. It, th you're getting fewer and fewer players that get bigger and bigger. And the same thing is happening in the vacation rental space. I mean, Wyndham very actively goes out and buys companies. Vacasa just raised $35 million to go buy more companies. They did more deals in Q1 of this year than they did all of the year before. And they buy, you know, they have some weeks where they buy four or five companies. It's the big get bigger. And that's a consolidation. They're just going to keep buying up, rolling up. It's, uh, you know, HomeAway effectively did it in the website side, right, on the listing sites. They consolidated. They said, hey, we're just going to put all these sites under one roof. Now the managing side's doing 
the same thing, trying to just buy up inventory, buy up companies, roll them under one roof. On the convergence, if you own a vacation rental, you're probably leaving money on the table. And it gets behind this idea of convergence. Uh, and it, it came out of, I was at a conference on corporate housing. And all these people were thinking about corporate housing and putting corporate tenants in. And corporate housing is no different than a Airbnb. An Airbnb is no different than a vacation rental. And a vacation rental, in many ways, is no different than a hotel. And that's, that's why this convergence of, wait a minute, at their core, all of these are just nights spent away from your own bed. And whether you are a 65-year-old who is on a board of directors and you're flying in for a night, for a conference, or for a meeting, you may want one thing. But the same 65-year-old who's going on a one- or two-week vacation with his family and his kids and grandkids is going to want something totally different. And a millennial who's two years out of college, who's a consultant, and posted on a project where someone else is paying the bill is going to want something very different during that week than on the weekend when they're going to a wedding with a bunch of their friends from college. And the, the players that ultimately will, in their consolidation, win are the ones that stop drawing these arbitrary distinctions. And they're already doing it. There's a reason a core hotels bought One Fine State, invested in Oasis homes. And it's because they said, look, you know, the, people always said those carriage makers back in the 1800s, if they had seen themselves as purveyors of transportation, maybe they would have been Ford. Maybe they would have been General Motors or Toyota. But they didn't see themselves. They saw themselves as carriage makers. Instead of us seeing ourselves as hotels and not existing, and missing out on being the next Airbnb or whatever. Let's see ourselves as we're purveyors of accommodation and this travel experience. And that can take all sorts of guises. So what does that actually mean to, to a homeowner? You know, a homeowner that has a, a single property or, or one that has, you know, now we're finding that, that, that homeowners are, are, are seeing this more as a business and are buying a couple of properties. So what does convergence mean for them? Convergence means for them to open up your channels for attracting guests. You know, a lot of people, if you had a vacation rental, you think in terms of peak and off-peak, and there's no demand in these off-peak times, or there's no demand in shorter weeks. But maybe there's not vacation demand, but mm -hmm. there are still people traveling. There may be business travelers. There may be someone who got relocated for three months from work who needs a place to stay. Look at corporate housing by owner. Look at your distribution channels for... Um, you know, Airbnb, if you're not on Airbnb yet, they're growing insanely fast. They have so many guests coming through. Uh, just don't close yourself off and pigeonhole yourself to say, hey, here's all I am. Here are the only guests that I get. Mm -hmm. Open it up. I mean, Vacasa is a, a great example of this, that how they started. They started with one home that was a family home and basically challenged this assumption on the Oregon coast that said, Oh, outside the summer, no one wants to go to the Oregon coast. And so all the businesses shut up shop and didn't even try to rent the homes. And they said, hey, we're going to try it. We're going to see if people will come out here. And they did. And the homeowner said, wow, all of a sudden I'm making so much more money because I challenged the assumption of who my guests are and what they want. And that convergence means that. Challenge your assumption on who your guests are and what they want and where you can find them. I'm thinking about this as it applies to my business. J just that example of Vacasa makes that so clear because I think so many so many homeowners do that. 
as you say, they pigeonhole themselves and virtually cut off the opportunity that they have. I was I was talking to an owner in Quebec a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and she has a property in New Brunswick. And uh, in you know in the summer it's it's fully rented, and and she she said she had to really think laterally to you know how, how was she going to to get the property rented through the winter because as she said you know, people don't come to New Brunswick in the winter. So she went to insurance agents and she said, you know, should you have anybody that, that's had a fire or, or, or needs accommodation, short-term accommodation, I have it. And she has filled her property through the wintertime with, with, with many of these clients with very different needs for accommodation. That's brilliant. I mean, that's absolutely brilliant. That's exactly right. Yes, it uh, that, that really spurred me because we, we you know we've we've had some of these. We we get these calls from people who say, you oh, know, my, my my home has been flooded. The insurance company is paying for me to go into a property. Do you have anything? Talking to Celine, and it it just struck me that you know let's be proactive here and let's get in touch with all these insurance companies and say we're here. Should you want us? That was a really um, good explanation about consolidation and um, and and convergence because I have to say. I, I didn't fully understand it, but certainly you know, from, the, uh, from consolidation, yes, you can see that happening. Your explanation on convergence is great. Coming back to these self-managed homeowners, and it, it just makes me wonder if, if there's room in the market now for self-managed homeowners. I mean, you, you, you said 50, 50% or so, that that's the market, but it's, it seems that homeowners now have to do so much to maintain their competitiveness. And I want to come back to another article in, in Skift um, in June of this year. And just reading a, a short section of it, as the sector matures and as the lines blur between traditional categories of lodging, which is what you're just talking about previously, modernization by way of technology is becoming essential to keeping up with peers and the wider hospitality industry. And, and you said... Uh, and then meanwhile, travelers, travelers increasingly expect frictionless experiences, instant answers, and extensive information at their fingertips. And you commented on that, that guests are demanding more professionalism than people were able to get away with before. And what struck me from that was you said people were able to get away with. I've seen in my experience, there's laziness. There's been laziness in the industry from individual independent homeowners because the the business has come their way, but now they're going to have to be, you know, more diligent in in attracting their traffic. So, what what's what's your take on that? Yeah, the, there's a lot in that, so I'll try to unpack it kind of <laughs> piece by piece. I mean, your first question: Is there room for the the individually managed homeowner? And unequivocally, I would say yes. It. I had a conversation with one of the Airbnb co-founders in 2013 who his point was, he said, the industry is so big, there's room for everyone, right? The pie is so big. We're, you gave the numbers early on. It's going to be $170 billion in the next three years. There's room for everyone. If you want to, you can succeed. You can do well here. Now, what that means is going to be different. So, as an individual homeowner, if you are the kind of homeowner, and I've met many, who really enjoy it, 
and really put the time in and almost, and you truly run it as a small business, yes, there's room for you. You're going to do well. That high-touch service, it's going to be very difficult for a manager who's managing even 20 properties to provide that personalized level of care that you can do. The, the thing is, to your point, laziness, and it, it may not be laziness. It could just be they don't have the time because you have a full-time job. You don't have the time to run a, a small business on the side. Uh, that I wouldn't just say owners have been lazy. I'm saying it's whether intentionally or not, they can't provide the the standard that guests are becoming mm-hmm. uh, accustomed to expecting. Early on, probably with Uber and Lyft and things, when you got in the car, you kind of expected less. Then once you have a couple of really great experiences, you say. If I don't have a very good one, I'm, I'm going to give a bad review, right? This, I, I have a high expectation. My bar has been raised. And the convergence point here in many ways helps because it means there are more potential guests. There are more people looking at this. But it also means that across the board, these people are now expecting that same level of care, that same professionalism, that same quality of well, I want instant responses. If I have an issue in the middle of the night, I want somebody to talk to. I want to get it fixed within the hour. Uh, I want to have this booked. I mean, the number of people that I've talked to that said, look, I, I try to book these things. I try to use VRB. I try to go do this. And, you know, I have to put out 10, res- 10 requests and only three people get back to me and it's days later. And I, I just gave up and went and booked a hotel. I mean, I, I work in the industry. I went to a wedding in Hawaii where we went for a week, and it was all my friends from college, and we all had kids, and we were even bringing grandparents. There were four sets of grandparents there, and we wanted to get a house, wanted to get all together, and it was so hard to get responses and coordinate dates and everything. We gave up. Mm-hmm. People just got hotels. It was too difficult, and so there's room if you do it right, but you need to know what the expectations and what is going to be required of you to do and to do it well. What do they have to do? What what tactics do homeowners have to employ in in order to be successful? Yeah, so homeowners or even you know, smaller vacation rental managers uh, or property managers, right, if we're getting away from tagging as vacation rentals. Being a former consultant, I have to have lists, right? So <laughs> the, the kind of the, the five things I think about are, well, first you need to think big. Uh, in reality, Big sites are going to dominate traffic. That's just how it works. That's how SEO works. That's how when people Google or they go on Bing or they go on TripAdvisor, the bigger companies are going to show up at the top. So to get your listing, to get your home in front of people, you need to think big, look for the big sites. You can't even get on Tripping or Home2Go or these meta search sites unless you're on these bigger sites. So think big. Number two, get big. Size really does matter. So when you go to these listing sites, you're going to have to pay fees. Guess what? The bigger your company is, the better your fee is because you can negotiate better rates. That's going to make you more competitive. So if you're a small company now, look at this consolidation point. Do you need to join a bigger company? Do you need to become a franchise under something like an iTrip to get that greater distribution and to, to get that brand recognition? As a homeowner, you know it's, it's going to be difficult to get big in terms of adding properties, although you know you can certainly try to do more and more and you'll get better at it. 
what that means there is get big is is acting big uh, in terms of provide the standard of care and that level of service. And it's going to be a big commitment. Not everybody's going to want to do it, but that's how you're going to have to compete. The third point is even though you're thinking big, even though you're getting big, you're going to act small in the sense that it's, it may be a, a global strategy, a national strategy, whatever it is, but it's a very local war. It's a very local battle. The high touch, the high personal service, the, the making each guest feel like there are guests in your home, whether you're a manager or an owner, making it very personal is where you can compete with these really big companies. You make it real. You're, you're not you know, some big corporation. You are Heather. Oh, I'm staying with Heather. I love Heather. You know, Heather and I have talked on the phone. Right? Make that personal. Make that small. Um, number four, and this I'm sure you've seen all the chatter on this. The, the new fees, right? Booking <laughs> fees and, and all that. Pay them. Pay those terrible fees once. So what I mean by that is if you try to go around the system, and trust me, I've spoken to hundreds of owners that are, right? Saying, hey, even going to the extent of putting it explicitly on their listing, call me and we'll book it offline so you don't have to pay these fees. Or when you try to book, they don't accept the reservation, and then they'll email you separately and say, okay, book through this other platform so we don't have to pay the fees. Guess what? If you consistently do that, it's going to push you down in the rankings. Guests aren't even going to be able to find you on these big sites. So pay those fees once. And what I mean by once is once you pay them, that guest is yours. You have that contact information. There should never be a reason that guest ever books your place again on that site, they should always come directly to you. Pay for that guest one time and then own that guest as a repeat customer ongoing. So pay it to stay up in the ratings uh, and then make sure that you're using your marketing list to get guests to come direct to you. It gets to be too much. If, if trying to do all this, number five, is too much. You're saying, look, I don't want to run a small business. I don't want to have to pay all these other fees. There are services that help. Right? Work with a professional. There are professionals out there that will do all this for you. You don't have to do it yourself. Uh, and so realize that that is an option that exists, whether you use rented.com or, or you go directly to a manager you know. You know, as, as a small manager, we're, we're struggling with number four at the moment, working with a big site that, um, you know, it, it's going to take time, but we are going to work it through and pay the fees. You know, and I've talked to other other um, property managers in our region who are going through ex the exact same and pushing back on it because it's not what we've been used to. You know, we we've always had our clients come directly to us, and and now it's something very very different. They're now going around through a third party, and and we don't own them from the start. But you're absolutely right. You pay it once, and yeah. then you have them. There's a reason that all the hotels are trying to fight and get you to book direct, right? Mm -hmm. And it's hard for them. As big as the $20 billion Hilton Hotels is having a hard time convincing people not to go to Expedia or Orbitz or Travelocity. Um, so it's, it's not going to be easy. But what you have is not a hotel is if people fall in love with the house, people fall in love with the location, 
it really is a, a family experience. It's not, oh, I just have to go here for work. I just have to go here for a wedding. It's, look, this is a place I can see myself coming back every year or at least several times in the future in my life. Own that customer. Keep them up to date. Have a marketing plan to keep them warm and to remember you and the amazing time they had with you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for those points. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's really useful. Um, I, can't, um, I can't finish this without talking about regulations because that, <laughs> that comes up with, within your, your um, quarterly reports on VRMA. You talk a lot about regulations. You know, few areas are immune to the impact of them. We're seeing it in Seattle at the moment, um, I interviewed um, Derek Eaton um, yeah. a couple of um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he runs a property management company in Seattle. Um, he's looking at uh, losing his company if the if these regulations go through as they're proposed. So, having said that, I you know I do see the arguments on both sides. I I see that it, it's not always you know. I, I, Matt Curtis spoke at um, at our Vacation Rental Success Summit, and you know he did talk about NIMBYs, the the not in my backyard folks, and there was a lot of those about. But I still I, I do see some relevance in in some of the arguments about you know communities that are being impacted by so many properties being turned into short term term rentals. However, I don't quite see the argument about vacation rentals taking up housing stock. What's your what's your take on it? It's unfortunately going to be an issue for a, a long time, I think. I I find it unfortunate that every single time one of the top trends is, oh, well, here's what's happening. Although the last time it was, well, I think they actually overstepped this time because now courts are striking down the rules they put in place because they're actually unconstitutional. I mean, if you look at what some of the stuff Austin's done, it directly violates citizens' rights. Um, oh, they can just come in and uh, come into your home without a search warrant. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you can't, right? <laughs> Actually, our Constitution says you, you can't do that. So uh, th- they've gone to extreme. It's tough because you get these vocal minorities on both ends of the spectrum that suck up all the oxygen and make all the noise. It comes at the cost of reasoned debate and reasoned and reasonable answers. And the answer isn't no regulation, just let it be a wild west. That could be dangerous and there, there are reasons not to do that. And the, the other answer isn't to ban it all because guess what? We tried that with prohibition and alcohol. You tried that with Napster when you shut it down. You know what? All it does is makes everyone a criminal mm-hmm. and they find ways to work around it. That's not an answer. The answer is find something that works, and I don't think a, a city's found the right answer, or a you know a town or a vacation destination has found the perfect answer yet. There needs to be it, at a high level. There needs to be some level of licensing, probably. Make it super easy. Make it online. Take it less than five minutes. Make it be twenty dollars to try to encourage everyone to do it, so you know. Oh, okay, this is this is classified, and then just make them pay taxes. If there are people who want to come to your community. And spend money who don't live there, why do you want to chase them out? Why would you not want those people? I mean, with the, the presidential campaign going on in the U.S. right now, I, I don't want to tie it too much to global politics. But, I mean, between Brexit and, and the, the rise of populism more generally, it, the way you've just phrased it, it's a lot of these people are saying, well, I don't want these others in my area. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's, 
Well, it doesn't matter what you want. That's the tough thing at this point. It, it doesn't really matter. We now live in a globalized world. Whether you like it or not, we're not rolling the clock back to the 1950s, to the 1960s. This is where we are. And you either learn how to operate and make the most of it, or you just fight these battles over and over that require people to basically become criminals because they're not going to stop. The, the, the can is open. The cat is out of the bag. Right? You're not fitting it all back in. Uh, the music industry, you know, they shut down Napster. They, they absolutely shut it down. But you know what? Did that stop Kazaa and Livewire and all these other companies from starting immediately? No. Just like Silk Road for, for the drug trade. They shut down. I think we're now on Silk Road 3 or 4 or 5. I mean, they just create new ones. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Once, once consumers... Once the world finds a new way that they like better, they're going to do it. Uh, and so the answer is finding something reasonable. Because the other thing with the music is people kept doing it illegally until the music industry finally negotiated with Spotify, finally negotiated with Apple Music. And everybody then started, not everybody, but most people then went and said, oh yeah, I'll, I'd, I'd rather pay. I don't want to be a criminal. Just give me an easy way to do what I want, which is stream music online. I don't want to have to go physically buy CDs. So stop fighting progress. Stop fighting the evolution and learn how to embrace it and make it take advantage of it. What you're saying is, is this, this, this is not, this is not going to stop. We know it's not going to stop. I, I know that the short-term rental advocacy center has, has all sorts of resources for, for, for those who are, interested in getting involved in the the whole regulatory aspect of the business and and certainly if if there's any issues arising in your area you can go to that uh, that site and I'll put the link at the bottom of the show notes I, I would take it a step further I would say go and start now if there are no issues there will be mm-hmm. right you've learned so get ahead of it yeah. educate people now make sure that you are proactive in getting good regulations in as opposed to being reactive to some terrible laws that make no sense for anyone. Yeah. I mean, it, this is something that hasn't impacted us up here, but it is beginning to now. So, so certainly in Toronto. So we are, we are making moves our, ourselves to, to, um, to, to create a common voice. And, yeah. and I think that's what, um, that's what everybody has to do. You know, we, we know as independent owners, we're no longer out there on our own, um, you know, this little solo pocket we have, um, the time, the time's really right is to, to get together with peers who are also renting out their properties and, and create that, that common voice. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Andrew, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure to talk with you again. I'll look forward to meeting up with you in um, Phoenix. Yes, I'll see you there. Yeah, absolutely. That will be uh, uh, really looking forward to that. Not not just the VRMA itself, but just going to the resort. It looks absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So where can where where can people reach you, Andrew? Yeah. So best is obviously rented dot com. Very, very easy there. And then on Twitter, my personal is at M as in Michael, A as in Andrew McConnell, just my last name. And the the rented.com or rented.com Twitter probably posts more than I do and slightly different content. But uh, yeah, the, those are probably the two best channels. Excellent. And I'll, I'll encourage everybody to go to rented.com and, and certainly take a look at, at the blog. There's a, there's a ton of 
um, great information on there. So great to have you on the show again, uh, Andrew. It's been a real pleasure and look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Heather. Take care. I was just saying to Andrew after after we'd finished the interview, just saying that, you know, I, I feel um, a little bit like a remote or just out of the, the more strategic overview of, of the industry. You know, Andrew has it. I know Matt Landau has it. Uh, you know, they have this in their grasp. I tend to be more focused on the, the detail, which is which is odd because I'm actually a top-down person. But in, in this sort of industry, I guess because I work at the, uh, you know, I work on the coalface. I work with, with guests, with owners, with setting up their properties, with helping people arrange their vacations and sometimes lose sight of, of, the, of the overall picture. So it was absolutely great to, to get that from Andrew and, and to really think about, you know, get, getting out of the, the, the depth and the detail and, and looking at it from a much wider perspective. So that was, that was really good. It's given me a lot of food for thought. Um, I loved Andrew's five points of think big, get big, act small, pay the fees. And, and if necessary, number five, work with a professional. So those will all be going in the show notes and uh, please take a look. I'll have a link to the articles I, I mentioned and, uh, and, you know, take a look at them because they're both really, really interesting, gives you a, a good perspective on the industry as it is and, and where it's going. And of course, I'll have a link to the VRMA blog where you can go and check out uh, Andrew's uh, quarterly patterns and trends report. Really interesting. So another great discussion. I've got a super lineup of guests coming over the next few weeks. I'll be heading off to Germany for my son's wedding in September. So I'm going to pre-record a few episodes that will go out while uh, I'm away on that three-week trip to Europe, which culminates, in fact, in a week in Cyprus in Villa Carpe Diem, which is owned by uh, Formula Club member Andy Reynolds. And uh, I, I'm hoping actually that um, that while I'm there, um, I'm going to take my portable recording equipment and and I can do a broadcast from Cyprus. I think that would be quite fun because I'm there with Mike too. So maybe I can get Mike and Andy and uh, and we can give you a little lowdown on Cyprus and the rental market out there. Uh, but that's a few weeks to go. Uh, in the meantime, I'm looking forward to getting into the slow part of our season and launching a new website, in fact, in uh, September. So that is a lot of um, a lot of work to get that off, off the ground. Really, really pleased that Conrad O'Connell from 91 Digital is, is helping us with the launch of our website. He's helping us with the uh, digital marketing and the SEO. So I will be reporting on that and how that's going as well over the next few weeks, uh, next few weeks and, and months, in fact, because we want to, we're going to be continuing with Conrad's support for several months after the launch of our new website. When I say our new website, that's for our um, property management company, Cottage Link Rental Management. And it's a long time in coming. 
So thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. It's been an absolute delight to be with you and I'll look forward to talking to you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Thank you.